wonderful time of the year. Welcome back to Redemption's Table. A couple of shout outs before we get started. First to Ross King again. Thanks Ross for granting us permission to use your 2022 remix of your song Bethlehem. Y'all check out Ross's music on whatever streaming platform you listen to music. And my second shout out goes to my daughter Lauren. Lauren has been editing our podcast for the past three years. This year, she had her second baby boy, and that means two boys under three years of age. And since that time, I've just kind of given her, wanted to give her as much time to enjoy with those guys and not to infringe upon her time. Toward the end of the year, I, I just asked her, I said, can you teach me how to edit the podcast? And so she has graciously done that, and I will be editing from here on out. I edited the last uh, episode you just heard and doing this one. So I just want to say thank you, Lauren, for all that you've done. I love you and just so grateful for you. As we've been getting ready for Christmas and celebration of Advent, if you have been in worship at a church maybe that includes Advent candles. Perhaps you've lit the candles leading up to the event, the celebration of Christmas, the candle of hope, love, joy, peace, hope. We explored that in hope, got in my eyes, and that's when hope is awakened, renewed in the dawning of the great light. Isaiah 9 talks about the people who've walked in darkness have seen a great light. Next comes love. God's love revealed through Jesus. In John 14, 9, Jesus said, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In John 10, 30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And what was the big reveal Jesus brought? I think it can be summed up in 1 John 4, 16. God is love. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer made a very valid point. He says, We know this well enough, but we continually misinterpret it. It is this, God is love. This sentence is to be read with the emphasis on the word God, whereas we have fallen into the habit of emphasizing the word love. God is love. That is to say, not a human attitude, a conviction, or a deed, but God himself is love. Only he who knows God knows what love is. It's not the other way around. John 3.16, for love so loved the world that he gave love in bodily form, his only begotten son, so that you so ever surrenders to this love will not perish, but have everlasting love. 
So we celebrated hope, love, and now joy and peace. Talked about arrows of joy. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but when joy comes to me, it brings a companion. It brings peace with it. Joy and peace. I think these two are secretly dating. They're a couple. They're a fun couple, but kind of an odd couple. Joy is an extrovert, bubbly and all, the life of the party, but peace appears to be an introvert. But don't underestimate peace because peace is the centered one, the center of the party. Have you ever been around a person like that? They're well-grounded, well-centered. They bring calm wherever they go. And that's the combo of joy and peace. Peace is a presence. Peace is a presence. Peace is a presence because peace is a person. His name is dropped in Isaiah 9, Prince of Peace. On the night before Jesus died, as he was preparing his disciples, one of the things he revealed to them, told to them in John 14, verse 27, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. There's a verse in the book of Philippians. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it tells us to do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace as presence, yes. Peace as mystery, yes, too. I talked about an earlier podcast about visiting Point Reyes National Seashore, the lighthouse, the birds, the whales. Point Reyes is the windiest place on the Pacific coast. It's the second foggiest place on the North American continent. And while I was there, I witnessed this huge cloud of fog glide inland across the ocean like a full-rigged sailing ship of old and sweep right towards San Francisco Bay. That image left an impression on me. That whole visit to the Northern California coast made an impression on me. And after I returned to my home in Alabama, 10 days afterwards, it was a Friday night. I was just overwhelmed that evening with the desire to spend Friday night at my table in worship, just being in the presence of God. And I yielded to that. God prompted And I yielded, and wow, the fog of God's presence of peace rolled up on me thick, coming off the ocean of a full week. That was a mystery to me. I wasn't expecting it. Equally a mystery, though, is a promise I claim often, perhaps you do too, in Isaiah 26.3. You, God, will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is steadfast because they trust in you. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Now here's the mystery of this. That's oft times extremely hard to pull off. It's hard to glue your mind, your trust, your focus upon God sometimes, because you don't usually need perfect peace in perfect weather. You're thinking about it and your need for it in a perfect storm. The storm comes with hundreds of waves to knock you off course, to break up your trust, to distract you, to get your eyes off Jesus so that you start to sink. 
thinking about peace that way, that's more like the reality of the peace Jesus brings. I mean, yes, the angels sang in Luke 2, 14 to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. But then in Luke 19, as Jesus is entering the city of Jerusalem the week before he is to be crucified, we know it as Palm Sunday. As he's riding into Jerusalem, it says the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. And they, they were chanting, they were singing, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. But then Luke also records, they also were singing peace in heaven and glory in the highest. If you compare Luke 19 to Luke 2, you're like, hmm, Something's askew here. We know the story. We know what's about to happen. They're not quite singing that song just as the angels did. The miracle crowd, the Jesus is about to give us what we want crowd, they don't know what's about to happen. The wheels of the angels' promise back in Luke 2 are wobbling. And you know they had been ever since Herod learned, was threatened by a king, on the visit of the Magi, he launched war on two-year-olds in Bethlehem. Jesus told his disciples, Luke 12, 49-52, he says, I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is complete. He's thinking about his coming death, and he knows the nature of it. He knows that it will not be pleasant. He says, oh, how I wish I'm distressed until I complete this. And then he tells his disciples, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? If I'd been one of his disciples, I would have been standing there going, well, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I thought that's what you're saying. He says, no, I tell you, not peace, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. In another place, another gospel, John 16, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Think about peace as presence, peace as mystery. And finally, think about peace as we are now celebrating Christmas and we'll be leaving Christmas, heading into a new year. Think about peace as vocation. Back in February, happened to be Mardi Gras evening. I knew what was taking place on the world stage. I was having my dinner. There was a television on in the restaurant and I watched what they were broadcasting. And I went home that night to write an article that I started but never completed. Over in the corner, the silent opiate is gleaming silently, promoting sports madness and red carpet fame and some other swill. The shills are always shilling before us. Sometimes prophet and songwriter Yip Harburg called it right back during the Great Depression. It's a Barnum and Bailey world, just as phony as it can be. Yep, yep, it still is. For on the other side of the globe, a 40-mile-long anaconda has slithered into Ukraine to squeeze the sovereign nation 
into submission. That was the beginning of the Russian-Ukraine war. I was sitting in another booth a few days ago having tacos when the news flashed about the latest, the 70 missiles that Russia had fired into Ukraine. Only nine more bombing days left until Christmas, right? In a December 4th devotional by Karen Lorenz, she writes how in 2003, journalist Chris Hedges set out to determine whether there had been any sustained periods of peace on the human record, defining war as any active conflict that has claimed more than a thousand lives. He reviewed 3,400 years of history and discovered just 268 war-free years. In other words, approximately 92% of recorded history is marked by active conflict. Japanese theologian Koizuki Koyama writes, The biblical God suffers at the disruption of peace in the human community. We live outside of Eden. Outside of Eden, injury takes place. Injury may be healed and wholeness, shalom, restored by someone's becoming a neighbor to the injured one. But shalom does not just happen. It requires doing from us. James Cone, the American black theologian, bitterly wrote, Men die of hunger, children maimed from rat bites, women dying of despair, and the church passes a resolution. I get that. That's war on the surface, most of which is so overwhelming we ignore it. We grow numb to it. There's another war going on deep in the subterranean realms of human hearts and minds. There's a cave system out in New Mexico right next to Carlsbad Caverns known as Lechaguilla. For years, it was thought to be small. 72 years, they thought, oh, it's just a 400-foot pit. But back in 1986, they made a discovery, and they've been mapping Lechaguilla since that time. It's been mapped at 149 miles long with a depth of 1,604 feet. It's one of the 10 longest caves in the world. In our current spiritual crisis, apart from the Christ of Christmas, the enemy is actively at work dragging many down to the pit, to the lechagia of lostness and darkness and confusion. And hey, the Bible is honest, calls him who he is, 2 Corinthians 4.4. The God of this age is blinding the minds of unbelievers until they think down is up and left is right and male is female and truth is relative and tolerance is God. And once he has someone so indoctrinated into all this confusion, he releases them back out to the surface to become perhaps politicians, CEOs, advertisers, etc. And here we are with our Christmas gifts of hope, love, joy, peace. The toy makers have been in full swing with overworked elves forging and hammering gifts by day and sitting on overprivileged shelves by night. The homemakers have been baking goodies, making menus, and sending invitations. God bless the homemakers. The merrymakers are stocking up the bars with a little artificial piece of their own. And the Christmas gifts are being passed out. Past the piece of presents, past the piece of mystery. But this third gift, this piece of vocation, peace as vocation, hold on. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 9, Jesus said this. He said, Oh, the bliss of the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. 
We're not called to be peace lovers. We're not called to be peacekeepers. The calling is to be a peacemaker, literally to be a founder of peace. Jesus was saying, oh, the bliss of the ones who engage, who are willing to take action to bring peace. Oh, the bliss of those who do not ignore the something wrong in others. Oh, the bliss of those who in love and in truth wage peace on individuals who are at war with God. Oh, the bliss of those who step into the middle, step into the conflict, step out on the crossbeam over the chasm put there by Jesus, the crossbeam, and extend peace to those in darkness, extend reason to those in confusion, extend a hand down into whatever lechugia has swallowed them up, who speak out on God's behalf. There's our vocation. There's a word for that. It's called redemption. And there's a promise too. Jesus said, you do that and you'll be called the sons of God. The sons of, that's a common Jewish expression inferring resemblance. For example, Jesus called James and John, John sons of thunder. In other words, you were like thunder boys with your volatile disposition. Luke identifies Barnabas as the son of consolation, the son of encouragement, telling Barnabas, hey, Barnabas, you are encouragement walking around on two feet. So when Jesus said we would be recognized as quote-unquote sons of God, he meant whenever we make peace a reality between man and man and God and man, at that point, we are most like God. Oh, the bliss of standing on the crossbeam, extending peace to all sides, for it is there we must resemble the kind of children God would have. Well, there you are. Thanks for being with us this year at the table. And until next time, may you and your family have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bye now. Because I got a heart like Bethlehem and I hide it well. I keep my dirty barns behind my nice hotels And you see my great facade And you're not impressed You tell your story in the manger of my weaknesses You're only looking for a place To be born into life Where your power can heal And your love can revive And I don't know you chose to be born into me and it's hard to believe and receive and let you in cause I got a heart like Bethlehem oh for years nobody knew us and now when they hear our name they think of Jesus That little town of Bethlehem It died that night and was born again So when you're looking for a place To be born into life Where your power can heal And your love can revive And I don't know why you choose to be born into me
I got a heart like Bethlehem 